Hi friends, I'm Molly, your host today, and thank you for joining our Relief from Darkness podcast, where we are continuing our conversations with people who have walked out of various hard places and straight into freedom with Christ. So today's going to be a super special session because we have our very own operations director, Amanda, joining us again. So Amanda's going to be sharing her experiences with blaming others. And Amanda has served here for the last 13 years. She loves cooking, she loves people, and she loves her dog named Livy. And we are super excited to welcome her back on the show. Hi, friends. I'm Molly, and we're here today with our Relief from Darkness podcast crew, where we are continuing our conversations, exploring how we can truly be set free from the stuck places in our lives. And we are talking anything ranging from anxiety to depression to addiction, and really all of the thought processes in between, because we really do believe at No Boundaries that we don't have to be in these stuck places forever, that they can be healed. And as our thought processes change, our brains change. And if you change your brain, then we know we change our life. So for this session, we will have Amanda joining us, and she's going to be talking to us about her experiences with blaming others or blaming circumstances. And then we have our very own brain geek, Dr. Lori Basie. Hi guys. And she will be joining us to give us the brain dump of blaming. So with that, just to kind of kick it off, the definition of blaming goes a little something like this. So it's whenever you assign the responsibility for something bad to someone or something. And sometimes like people who struggle with blaming or this kind of like blaming mentality usually have suffered through a trauma or hard times, but haven't developed the proper ways to cope. So as a result, they have a negative view of life. And because they don't think anything is their fault, they have little or no sense of responsibility for their life. So they just kind of feel powerless against life circumstances. So with that, Amanda, will you just tell us about your experiences with blaming or being in this mentality? Yeah. So um, I've struggled with blaming like pretty much my whole life. I based relationships on um, performance-based acceptance. So if I was only good enough or did the right things or was never wrong, um, it led me to blame others and things and not take responsibility for um, my actions or things that I had done that could have been wrong. So I would like blame the vacuum because the floor was dirty or mm. if the um, the food was too salty, it was because the shaker poured out too fast and not because I just didn't hold off on pouring salt in. Right. Yeah. I get that. So how did that affect your relationship with other people like growing up and then into adulthood? So I didn't really realize it, I think, until... Um, I was an adult that I had this problem. So I think as a kid, it just kind of just kept happening. Um, but as an adult, I felt like people couldn't really ask me about things and get a real response because I would blame the circumstances or things around me and I wouldn't accept fault. So they weren't getting like their true version of who I was. And so yeah. they wouldn't get close to me because I would blame everything. And so they don't want to be blamed for something that I actually did. Yeah. So, so is it, I mean, just did it feel like a like self-protective or like wall kind of scenario? Yeah. So I felt like in order to protect myself from being wrong or 
doing things that were seemed wrong, then I would just blame and I would try to do my best all the time. And so, yeah, I just would just blame on everything. Yeah. It didn't matter like what it was. It just came out. My first response would be to blame whatever that circumstance was or whatever happened. Where being wrong equals getting in trouble. Yeah. Being wrong equals punishment. Yeah. That's no fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and how did that, like, at this point in your life, how was your relationship with Jesus? Like, how you like how did that affect how you knew him? Um, because I was trying to control what happened to me and not trust that he would carry me. So even if I made mistakes that um, I just, I would c- try to control the situations. Yeah. And so I would take that power away from him, even though he's the one that takes care of me. And uh, he accepts me no matter what. So I, yeah, he would catch me if I made a mistake and I didn't realize that. Yeah. That's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Lori. Yes. Can you go ahead and give us a CPR or the brain dump of blaming? Yes. And blaming is really interesting. And as a therapist, I feel like this might be one of the hard- harder things that that we have to work with because if somebody's always blaming external circumstances or people, they'll never take responsibility for themselves. And so let me kind of break down in every good story. There's a hero and the hero has a problem and the hero then becomes a victim and needs a guide to come alongside them so that they could solve the problem and then live happily ever after. And so in the story with, the blamer, then they never actually become the hero of their own story. They always blame external circumstances and people, which in return is then they don't really get real with themselves or have the infrastructure to look at themselves or allow other people to really see them. And then in return, if we're not really seen, then we're not really known. And if we don't really face up to what we need to do to be empowered to no longer be a victim, but be the hero of our own story. If, if we're never really real with the mistakes that we make, then we can't go to Jesus and allow Jesus to work with us with our mistakes. Yeah. And so I think in the middle of that with connection with the CPR of that, then the connection part is that there must be a reason why. And mm-hmm. so with Amanda, that's my question. Well, then she didn't just, just all of a sudden decide that, then the question is what kind of connections did she have with others that would lead her to that? Because from a brain standpoint, from a P, from the psychoeducation of that, then probably when something goes wrong and somebody sees that something went wrong and goes and asks her about it, she goes into defense mode. So her brain automatically goes into fight, flight, or freeze. So if Her brain's wired for survival or simplicity. And if she's got to then connect with others in a perfect way, or there'll be terrible consequences. And you said punishment. Mm -hmm. So then she'll be punished. And, and sometimes in people's lives, we may not be aware of it, but the punishment may not just be a little, a little love tap. I mean, there's some really severe things that happen to a lot of people that we may not be aware of. And so then that punishment then teaches a brain, then you've always got to be right. You've always got to do whatever. You've always got to have an excuse. It can never be your fault because if it is your fault, then you will be punished and terrible things happen. And so then our brain goes into fight, flight, or freeze. 
And so that becomes part of her routine. So subconsciously, she's walking around as a victim, never being real with what's going on, always having to blame external circumstances or people. And then people are having difficulty connecting with her because she's always on the defense. Okay. And so this is a blame cycle. So I think we have a really neat opportunity here because you guys have known each other for how long? 13 years. <gasps> that long. Mm-hmm. Like that's a good amount of time. Yes. Right. And mm-hmm. so like you have been on the same team and you've worked together in close proximity so, like, can you just do, like, what is that like? What's the dynamic, like, Dr. Lori, from your perspective of prior to mm-hmm. and what that was like until now? Well, it's really interesting. Amanda's in charge of our operations here at No Boundaries International, and she is the chef. And so we have a, a food truck that we take into areas where there's risky behavior going on. And she's in the, she's the one that coordinates all of that. And so it's been really fun over the years. Now I can't cook and nobody wants me to cook and I'm not even invited on the food truck, but occasionally when Amanda's cooking, something goes terribly wrong (laughs) and it's really kind of funny, but a blamer doesn't think these things are funny. If somebody is trying to protect themselves and something goes terribly wrong. Now, let me give you a few examples. Okay. So I'll remember, and and for some reason, she never calls me. She calls the other co-founder, which interestingly <laughs> enough, and I thought I was a nice one, but one time she had gotten this new recipe and she's making my favorite food, which is Mexican food. And then she's going to make some rice and she's going to put coconut on top of the rice. Now, I think that's a little bit weird, but that's a whole nother story. And so she is roasting the coconut, which the coconut caught on fire. And there was literally a bonfire going on (laughs) in the stove, in the oven. And they weren't sure if they were going to be able to get the thing out. And so finally, once the thing is gotten out, she talks to the other co-founder. Eventually, I hear about the thing. And I was so excited. Honestly, it was an older oven and we could have salvaged it, but we were actually able to get a new oven. <laughs> and But she was devastated yeah. and, and blaming. And I'll tell you just one more because this is my personal <laughs> favorite. One time I was doing a class. And so we had, we were at our base and the building is full and there's uh, lots of people in this class and I'm in there teaching. And all of a sudden I start coughing. <laughs> and then as time goes by, not only am I coughing, But then the audience of the class starts coughing. Well, Amanda, in charge of our operations, is back in the back making jalapeno jelly. And she's boiling jalapenos. And the jelly part of the jalapenos spills over onto the top of the the stove, which then (laughs) you can't wipe up. And it actually turns into an emits like pepper spray. So she pepper sprayed our 6,000 square foot building Mm -hmm. that we all had to evacuate and open all of the doors as our eyes are watering and we're coughing. And so, you know, and I thought, I think it's really kind of funny right now, but it was really pretty funny back then, but she (laughs) didn't think it was funny. Because in you, from your perspective, a, Amanda, yeah. you'll have to tell us. So the coconut instance, the pepper spray instance, what was going on in your mind as a blamer? Mm-hmm. So with the, the coconut, you have to put it in the oven and you have to broil it just to brown it. And it's super good on top of this rice. And so I turned my back for one minute, not even a minute. It was like seconds. And in those seconds, it caught on fire. And so... 
I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the oven's fault. Like the oven just, it's not, I've never done the <laughs> it's coconut. It's combusted. <laughs> yeah. I've never done the coconut, like coconut in this <laughs> oven because it has worked but everywhere else, but not here. And so that's where I, my brain just starts, oh my gosh, it's the oven's fault. Somehow it <laughs> did it, even though it was my fault because I turned for a second and you should never turn for a second on something that's broiling. No doll, the cookers. Yeah. yeah. Not me. Don't or turn Molly. away. It's like, what? Not either one of us. <laughs> And then the pepper spray, that one was pretty rough. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we had the peppers going on top of the stove and you have to push the timer. So I turned to push the timer because it has to be very exact whenever you're making jelly. And in that few seconds of turning to push go on the timer for the, the allotment of time it needed to go for, it boiled over. It was a flat top stove. So glass, actually a flat top glass yeah. stove, wasn't so it? So it stuck and it just started smelling so bad. We we're in the back. We had the doors open. We had fans going, but I knew I could hear coughing that it was a bad deal. <laughs> so I blamed that. I just blamed all the circumstances. The pot wasn't tall enough. I really did. I thought, oh my gosh, I've never used that pot before. The pot was too short and that's why it did it. Or I didn't push the button fast enough, but really like... I should have taken the pot off the burner, push start, put it right back. So you just live and you learn. So what was going on in her brain in her right. brain is really interesting. Is so then she then made a pretty good sized mistake. I mean the mm-hmm. oven is on fire, may not be able to use it again, and then now everybody's been pepper sprayed in the class, which is <laughs> really which bad. is really pretty good if you're gonna talk about magnitude of mistakes. And so and I mean the coughing and the eyes watering and the whole thing. So we had to break actually for an hour, have lunch and then come back in. But what happened in her brain is is she wasn't operating in the I'm in a safe community that knows me and loves me and I don't have to be perfect and I'll do the best that I can and they know that I'm doing the best that I can and things happen. And ultimately, we're going to all laugh about this probably sooner than later in this community. But her brain actually went into, I mean, I could be severely hurt or punished or something really, really bad is going to come along because this happened and I can't let this be because of me. Because if it was me that actually did this, then severe things can happen. Right. And it's on the other side of that, I was at that class. (laughs) And just from a um, participant perspective, I had no idea what was going on. (laughs) If that just kind of like shows you like from the behind the scenes area, like I didn't know. I just thought we were opening the doors and maybe there was something going on in the air. But you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, so Amanda, from your perspective of like, I'm going to be in trouble. I'm bad. I'm. Mm-hmm. And then from an actual participant who's just like, has no idea that anything's even different. And then from the co-founders who aren't frustrated, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just an interesting, it's just interesting what happens in our brains. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how has Jesus brought healing to this or how has he walked you through this? Yeah. So it's still ongoing because, um, I, I mean, there's so many things that have happened in life. And so, um, I'm just catching things a little bit quicker than I used to. And so not, um, yeah, so not just blaming automatically. So if I do then I have to like stop and be like, okay, wait a minute, that's not the problem. Um, So I have to realize that God is not a God of punishments. And so he knows that I'm not perfect and that I will make mistakes. 
um, and that he's mm-hmm. not going to cause harm to me. So once I go back into the old familiar patterns, I have to stop and I have to look back to him and that I know that it's not okay or that it's okay to not be perfect and that we all make mistakes. And I have to tell myself it's okay. I'm still growing because we all haven't arrived yet. So there's still, um, everyone's still growing and learning yeah. and that he's going to catch me if I fall. He will not punish me and he will not hurt me. And I can turn to my teammates as well because they are safe. And so even in those times where I felt like I'm in so much trouble, they're going to, I don't know, fire me or something crazy, just turning to them, knowing that they're safe and that um, they'll also help catch me whenever I fall. Yeah. So even though I pepper sprayed the entire building, everyone kind of laughed it off and we just kept on making jelly (laughs) (laughs) and we just learned what to do next. So. Which, if anybody wants to buy some jelly, the like, jelly, the jelly's delicious. Yeah, it turned out it turned out just fine. She's perfected it <laughs> over the years. So, Doctor Lori, mm-hmm. what is it like? Just um, what is it like? Like working with people, you work with a lot of people, mm-hmm. right? All from all kinds of backgrounds. So, can you just shed some light on what it's like working with someone um, when they can't take responsibility yet, or like what's the line? that i think about from a physiological standpoint what if you were really sick and you went to the doctor and so you had a 102 temperature you're coughing you you can't hardly breathe you've got uh, all kinds of issues going on that are visible and then the doctor comes in and he sits down and he said how can i help you what are your symptoms and the person that goes to the doctor says nothing i'm absolutely fine And so I think for me, then a lot of times the what, which could be so irritating that clearly there's an issue, clearly something needs to be dealt with, clearly something is going on. And so the what of the blaming sometimes is irritating, but if I know the why somebody's blaming, then it literally can break our heart. If I know what Amanda had to experience in the past that would then produce this, this neural pathway in her mind that if she does anything wrong, she's got to cover that up, that she can't be real with that, that she just to be wired and to have all of that extra stress hormone in your body and to just be wired like that can really make you sick physiologically. And it's just not a good place to live because we're in covenant relationship with unconditional love, not based on her behavior, but based on who she is. And so I think it's it's one of those things that we then have to step outside of it and not get defensive or get in that that routine. And then we have to just really in love pull her pull her in close, pull people in close, which is what Jesus did. If right. you think about in John 21, it, Peter denied Jesus three times. And Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times. He's like, nope, I'm not going to. Well, he did. Jesus is crucified. Jesus is buried. Looks like it's the end of the road. The Roman persecution, things are going terribly bad. Peter goes back to fishing, didn't catch anything. And so now here Jesus is going to appear after he sin- after he is resurrected from the dead and spend 40 days with them to restore them before he ascends. And so it was in that time that Jesus actually said, hey, guys, throw your net over to the other side. He didn't say, why did you 
Why did you deny me? He didn't say, what are you doing fishing? You're supposed to be fishers of men. He didn't say anything except he actually blessed what they were doing. And then he pulled Peter in close, fed everybody breakfast, and then prophesied over what Peter was going to become. And I think that's a really, really good strategy that we can connect. We can know the psychoeducation about it and then know that this is a routine. It's not one and done that Amanda's just all of the sudden after years of protecting herself is just going to say, oh, okay, and then not do that anymore. But when she does, she can actually evaluate and say that the threat's not real. And so if we can then have that kind of information to work with people who are blaming and we all have defense mechanisms, and so there's not one that's worse than another, then we actually can help people walk through those things. And then her brain, Mm -hmm. Dr. Lori, her brain has to fire. Yes. Right? So can you just talk a little bit about the psychoeducation of like, she has to be in that place of where there's blame, and then it's still met with connection and compassion. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. And so there's the alarm system that goes off in our brain. And that alarm system doesn't cognitively make sense. She's not thinking, oh, gosh, I may then be beaten or severely punished or lose everything or excommunicated from the community. All she knows is that alarm system is firing. And then she automatically then would typically go into fight, flight or freeze. And so with her, what has to happen is that subconscious response has to happen. She has to look around the room or look at the situation and say, you know what? That's a tendency from the past because of what have I experienced and this is now and I'm safe now. Yeah. And in fact, I, let me tell you one quick, one quick story that, that makes sense with this is that so we were at one of our community centers and Amanda's in the kitchen cooking and I'm not allowed to cook. So I'm not in the kitchen. And so I'm in the next door room and my job is I'm supposed to be putting a knob on a countertop. And so I'm in there with the drill, which I call the twirly thing. And I have a pink one. And so I'm drilling. And for some reason, the, the, drill won't go through this soft wood and it's smoking and it looks like it's going to catch on fire. And so Amanda's in the kitchen cooking. I'm in here about to catch the countertop on or the the counter on fire. The other co-founder walks in and I said, what's going on? Look at this. It's a, it's smoking and it's about to catch on fire when I'm drilling <laughs> and I can't get through the wood. And she said, well, you've got it going backwards. <laughs> and so in the meantime, I put it on forward. I get the the knob attached to the cabinet, which is my task and my assignment. But Amanda starts to smell the wood that's burning. Mm-hmm. And so Amanda's in the kitchen and she's looking around trying to figure out what she's burning now. <laughs> is it jalapenos? <laughs> is it coconut? And the funny thing is her alarm's going off, her fire alarm because of what she smells. But it's not her in the kitchen that's doing it. It's me in the next room yeah. and my goofy self. And so... So the alarm is allowed to go off, but then now Amanda or those who deal with blaming have to look around and say, you know, in the past it wasn't safe, but now it's safe. I can just own it. I caught the coconut on fire. I pepper sprayed the building Mm -hmm. and I'm sorry. I wouldn't do that on purpose. You know, my heart, you know, my intentions. I try to do things with excellence, but things happen and I'll do whatever I need to do or figure out a solution so that I won't catch the coconut on fire. And so, and take full responsibility, which then gives me comfort 
the next time she's making jelly because I know that she alleviated the problem and didn't just blame a pan or the timer or the whatever. Right. And so it's just just really interesting how the brain does have to fire. She has to look around and say, no, settle down. That happened back then, but now I'm safe. And if it takes one time or 10 times or 500 times, it doesn't really matter because it's about the journey and the process. But it's going to take some time because she spent years with that kind of a ramped up brain. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Amanda, Mm -hmm. if you could give just like one takeaway, if there's someone who's listening who's kind of just like identifying with like, oh man, I think I might struggle taking responsibility or I'm terrified of of being wrong. Like, what would you say to them? I would say if you catch the oven on fire, you caught it on fire. And that, um, <laughs> just take responsibility for it because in the end you won't be punished. Um, and then if you catch it on fire, you can buy a new oven, you can clean the one you have and just say, hey, I messed up, it was my fault. No, you aren't perfect and that you will make mistakes. Yeah. And I think one of my favorite, I mean, just the scripture that comes to mind of like, God loved us while we were sinners. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? We caught everything like, on while fire. everything's on fire, yeah. while we've messed it up, while we've already like born into sin mm-hmm. and death and we're already born wrong. And he loved us then, like not from this perfection standpoint or having to get it all right. And it was only through the blood of Christ that we could. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's just what stands out. And then there's this like, when you take responsibility, he can heal that. It's the, you can't crucify what you cover. But when you can take the responsibility for like, hey, man, I must I might have missed this. He can work with that. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful process. So, Dr. Lori, if you could give one takeaway, what would it be? I think it's really important. And what Amanda alluded to is that she's in a safe community now, because if she has had people that were abusive or unsafe or punish uh, those who would punish then more than likely, then that was going to, that would be something that would alter her picker. And so she would tend to pick people that were like that, or she would become like that. And then she would pick and attract people that were like that. And so I think for, for people that have been hurt or wounded or, and have all of these defense mechanisms, it's really, really, really important that we find safe communities that we can heal in and that we can practice in. Yeah. And so I just want to emphasize, again, um, I've said it a few times before, but that safe communities and safe people really look like people who are leading you and thrusting you towards Jesus. Mm -hmm. And shame and condemnation are never, ever, ever from Him. So to find that community where they can meet you in love, to to minister or, or that you can say, Hey man, I really messed up and that they'll point you back towards Jesus. So (laughs) with that, what I'm hearing is if I'm someone who's struggling with blaming or taking responsibility to really just try it, that even if it feels weird or if it feels hard or if things have happened before to surround myself with safe people 
that I can practice this with because that's what changes things. Connection, connection with God and connection with others. I really believe that that heals. And when we do that and we start taking responsibility, our brains start to change. And as our brains change, we change our life. And it's a really, really beautiful process. So thank you, Amanda, for being so open and being vulnerable and sharing today. And thank you, Dr. Lori, for your expertise. Yes, of course. And thank you all for listening. So until next time. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to our Relief from Darkness podcast. If you would like more information or are looking for more resources to help overcome the topics we've discussed here, please visit the No Boundaries International website at www.nbint.org, where we have a free e-course titled Journey of Restoration. And be sure to please leave us any comments or reviews as this will help get our content out to more listeners. We're praying for you guys and we will see you next time.